Welcome to the All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. We are committed to being rooted in the scriptures and the historic Christian faith and to kingdom life in the power of the Holy Spirit. As you listen, may you be encouraged and empowered to know the Lord Jesus and make him known. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. So we're in a wonderful season, aren't we? The Lord is visiting us. He stepped into our midst today, and we don't deserve it. It is because he is good, and it's because of the blood of the Lord Jesus that we're able to come into the presence of a holy God. But he is visiting us. It's been going on for several weeks, and I use the word visiting because that's what the scriptures say. In Psalm 65, 9, for example, the psalmist says, Lord, you visit the earth, and you enrich it. And then the New Testament picks this up in Luke 1, when the announcement of the Lord Jesus and his birth, all the promises being fulfilled, the people declare, you are visiting us with your redemption. Then the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 2.12 talks about the day of visitation. And so the, the idea is rooted in the scriptures, that the Lord is on the throne. He indwells his church, doesn't he? He's with us. But then he also steps into our lives and into the local church and visits us with power. And so we're grateful for that. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today is when the Lord visits his church, what do we, how do we view that? We look at the scriptures. What do the scriptures teach about it? What, what is it that we do while that's happening? And so today I want us to view what God is doing among us through the lens of scripture and also through our mission statement, our church's mission statement, which derives from scripture. And through all of this, I want us to be tenaciously biblical, Right? And along with that, to be missional as well. We love it when the Lord is with us and he shows us his glory and he touches our lives and does the things that he's been doing. And that might involve deliverance from sin. It might involve uh, healing your body. It might involve stepping in and mending a marriage, a relationship, all of these different things. And we want to just make sure that we are biblical and we're thankful. And then we think about, Lord, how does this touch the world out there? You fill us up for a reason to send us out. Isn't that true, church? to send us out into churches, into the workplace, into wherever we are. We carry the king in his, in his presence inside of us. So I also wanted to mention this. I want to start, if you'll put that slide up there, that has discerning spiritual activity. I had mentioned this in our weekly update. And I, again, we're opening the scriptures while God's activity is happening. But I also want to give us some tools. And this is one of them. And I mentioned this in that update. And It's a simple tool as we're watching God do stuff, as we're watching the Holy Spirit work in our lives, individually, in youth, in our small groups, wherever that might be, we want to have something like this, like a filter through which to observe and discern what God is doing. And these things stem from 1 John 4, 1 to 16. It's a passage that the Apostle John wrote, and he called the church to discernment. And this actually was a a famous passage that was used during the First Great Awakening by Jonathan Edwards in the 18th century, um, really from 1730 to 1755. Jonathan Edwards, who was a pretty starchy preacher, found that revival was breaking out in his church. And so being a biblical person, he said, how do we discern the genuine work of the Holy Spirit from what might be emotionalism 
or what might even be the enemy trying to create disunity. And so he went to this passage and he came up with a few more just gleaning things from 1 John 4, 1 to 16, but I just kind of distilled it. I boiled it down to these four things. So you can go back and read that passage later. I just want to put this right in the center of our community, what God is doing. And the first thing, as we're watching God move, our first question, is this biblical? What we're observing, does it line up with the whole counsel of scripture? Does it line up with the apostles' teaching which they receive from Christ? And so we ask that. That is a big part of who we are, isn't it, all saints? That we want to make sure what we're doing, what we're saying, what we're practicing is rooted in the Bible. If it's not, it's out. Now, I don't know about you, but have you read the book lately? There's some stuff in here that you may not have seen before that may make you uncomfortable. Does that mean that we throw it out because you're uncomfortable? Well, I'm uncomfortable? No. Is it in line with the whole counsel of God? Do we find it in the teachings of Scripture? If it's there and we're doing it in an orderly way, then it's on. And we're trying to lean into this and be very responsible and do it in an orderly way. But sometimes the Lord pushes us out of our comfort zone as we're biblical people. Amen? A second thing that we ask as God is moving is Christ being exalted. And John, in that passage, 1 John 4, says that our time together should result in the declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. He is King. And so we look at any spiritual activity and we say, does this exalt the Lord Jesus Christ? Not a man, not a woman, not a person, but the Lord himself. And then thirdly, John says, when the Spirit moves, it opposes darkness. John says in 1 John 3 that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And then he says in 1 John 4 that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So when the Lord visits, when he's moving, he destroys the work of the enemy. And so we want to look for that. And then lastly, we ask this, and Harrison, our youth pastor, has done a great job of reinforcing this among the youth. What is happening? Does it produce Holy Spirit fruit? That's what we're leaning into. We love it when God visits, when God touches, when we experience him. But our question at the end of it is, what does that lead to? Does that lead to you looking and acting more like Jesus? Good deal. Especially love. Does that lead to love of God and love for our neighbor? Amen, church? So let's put our uh, mission statement up here. I mentioned it earlier. We talk about this every Sunday. We are here at All Saints, a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. Can we just say that together? Let's read it together. We are... There we go. All right, we are that. And again, I mentioned this is rooted in scriptures. Nothing new, it's actually old. This is ancient stuff that we find in the scriptures and in the early church. And so we want to, everything that we're doing, everything that we're practicing, we want to make sure that it's rooted first and foremost in the Bible. And then along with that, our mission as a church, our vision, our values. And this provides for us a roadmap. And so if we have this before us, we're not needing to invent anything or figure stuff out. This is what we're doing day in and day out. And as we were worshiping this morning, I was saying, thank you, Lord, for the good times and the hard times. Do you sense the Lord saying that to you, that you want to be thankful and find joy in him when things are good, when his presence is there and he's refueling you and filling you up? But how about when times are hard? And I know this room is full of people who are in a tough place, myself included. 
I got stuff weighing on me. Amanda, and I, someone said this morning, how are you doing, Brock? And I said, do you want the honest answer? Or the sugar-coated answer, the bumper sticker answer. And I said, I have been getting kicked in the face for about 24 hours, and so is Amanda. And so we have, as a couple, we've said, okay, are we going to just lay down and get kicked in the face and then kicked in the stomach by the enemy and life circumstances and stuff around us, or are we going to get on our knees? And thankfully, we got on our knees together. And we're going to kind of leave a dent in the carpet beside the bed because that is where we're hanging out quite a bit, on our knees together, crying out to God, giving thanks for the good times and the hard times. And that's what God is after in us, church. That's what he wants. He wants us, and our mission statement helps us do that. We want a marathon mindset, don't we? This whole Christian adventure, discipleship, following Jesus, taking up our cross, is not a sprint, is it? You think, man, it's 100 meters and I'm done. Hallelujah, that was a tough one. No, 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 you got 100 meters and then another 100 meters, and another 100 meters. It is a marathon. And I keep looking in the Bible for that verse that says, it's easy. I haven't found it yet. I've looked from Genesis to Revelation, and I've looked for the verse that says, following Jesus is easy. Or following Jesus means he is out to bless my life. And for it to be easy and cushy and I can't find it. Can you? Have you found that verse that says following Jesus means sitting on the beach with lemonade or a pina colada or whatever and you just kind of live in his blessing? I can't find it. I find the apostle saying through many tribulations you enter the kingdom of God. And so at All Saints we have a mission we open the scriptures so that we can follow the Lord Jesus through all the different seasons. And frankly, sometimes it's good and bad at the same time. The Lord's visiting us right now. He's filling us. He's delivering people. He's saving people. It's awesome. But you also might have your heart or your guts hanging out at the same time. And I don't know what to say other than soldier on. Cling to him. Pray. Read the Bible and soldier on. So I wanna take a, a few minutes here to look at some of these aspects. The first is community. This is central, a central value and practice, being the family of God together here at All Saints. And I want to just remind us that we are called to be in relationship with the church. I also cannot find a verse in the New Testament or the rest of scripture that says, the people of God go at it alone. It's the person of God. I don't see it. I see the people of God. And so if you're thinking that you can do this Christian life, a Christian marathon, the fight of faith, day in and day out, and you can do it alone, that you might be the exception, you might be that maverick who can do it, you're lying to yourself. You're kidding yourself. I can do it at home, I can do online, worship and I can go have coffee with a friend every once in a while and other, that's not what the scriptures teach. The scriptures teach that Christians are to live in community with one another. And so here at All Saints, we value that. You see it all through the word, don't you? Jesus was with 12. Um, there's churches. We looked at the whole book of Acts, the churches in Asia Minor, modern day Turkey, 
and we saw in Revelation, Jesus was standing among what? In those opening visions, chapter one, what was he standing among, church? The lampstands, the candlesticks. So if you want Jesus, then you go and get in his church. And that's where he is. Now, hear me on this. I'm not saying if you can't come to church on Sunday morning, there's um, a physical reason. I'm not saying that you can't be at home and commune with the Lord, right? You hear me on that. I'm just talking regular practice, finding a way, if you can, to come and be with the Lord. And a big part of that is groups. We're talking about that right now. Small groups where the life of the church happens. Acts 2.42, we saw that the early church was devoted to four things. What were they, church? It's up there so you can see it now. But look at this, Acts 2.42, trying to get this imprinted on our mind and our heart, try to live it. The early church, the early Christians devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers or prayer. And so this is not a complicated thing. Life in community, life in community at all saints, other local churches that are also wonderful throughout the city. This is what's essential right here. Someone might look at that and say, well, where's mission in that? And I would say, look at the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching is filled with connecting with God and these various things that strengthen the fellowship. And then the apostles teach that everything we receive from the Lord, we go and give away. Now, if you read this narrative, Acts chapter two, as they're doing these things, what happens to the church overnight? They go from 120 to how many? 3,000. So they know a little bit about what it means to experience growth and how do you maintain it and sustain it in small groups, in one another's homes, devoted to these four things. Now, I'm finding that community actually isn't just a weapon and protection for us with one another. Has anybody experienced that during the week? You come in on a Sunday morning, you've just been kicked in the face or you are laden with a burden and you come in to fellowship in the community and that stuff begins to break away. Anybody else? That happened to me this morning. I thought, you know what? I could probably stay in bed today, but of course I had to be here. So did you. And I am so glad because it's like a huge restart for the week and the Lord cuts all the stuff off of me. And I'm like, this is why I'm in. I love these people. I love what you're doing and I can handle the kicks as long as you fill me up. You know what else the community does? The community is an apologetic. Sometimes we use theological words like that around here. An apologetic is an argument for something. And so friends in 2023, the community, the church, the local church is an apologetic for life in Christ. When people get around us, they say, what is going on with these people? Why are they so different? They're taking the punches and all, but they actually are joyful. These people are hopeful. What is going on? The community, the church becomes an argument for the presence of the resurrected Jesus. Is that true? It's true, isn't it? Young adults are giving me an amen because they're experiencing that Jesus manifests presence with them and they've got lost people who are coming and saying, I want what you got. And a lot of times we're just devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer, and it's magnetic. People want what the Lord's doing in his church. A second thing, along with community, we're a community of worship. And we worship like we did this morning, like we'll do next week, in and through song, and through sacrament, the Lord's Supper, which we're doing a lot of discussion about behind the scenes. We wanna offer it more regularly. Brandon Pemberton and Will Cotterell and others are putting together a team so that we could actually have 
this sacrament, the body and blood of Christ, each week. So we're trying to figure out how we do that. And then we worship the Lord through scripture, like we're doing now. Everything flows from worship and prayer. Isn't that right, church? Everything we do, the Psalms are filled with it. God's people are called to declare God's glory among the nations and his wonderful works among all the peoples. Let's look at this verse real quick here. Acts 17, look in your Bible there. Acts 17, I've been reiterating this point recently, but I want us to see it clearly. Acts 17, 24 and 25. We're a community of worship. That means many things. But it's important that we get a biblical view of worship. And I've been trying to pick at and address the idea that we come to give God something. And look, Acts 17, 24 and 25 says this. And this is Paul. He's in Athens among a bunch of unchurched people, a bunch of pagans, and he's bringing the word of God, the gospel. And he says this in the middle of his preaching. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands. So he's in Athens, he's looking around, he sees the Acropolis and all of these buildings. He says, you guys have got it wrong. You're worshiping the wrong God and God doesn't live in houses that you guys make. Then look what he says, nor is the Lord served by human hands. Then what does your Bible say there? As though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all humans or mortals life and breath and all things. So here at All Saints, when we gather together, this is really not the Lord's house. We are the Lord's house. He dwells in us. We are the temple of the Lord. And he happens to be here because we're in a building. It's got a little air conditioning right now. That's nice. But he's not in the building. Yeah, I mean, when we leave, it's not like this building is God's house. We are the house of the Lord. Amen? We are the living temple. And we don't come here like the pagans would go to their temple to give something to their God or to think that they could serve him. The biblical vision of God is the people of God come to receive from him. That's what worship is. We've been talking about that lately. Do you want to know what worship is? It's getting under the waterfall of God's glory and his presence and his power and his bounty and his deliverance and his breakthrough, whatever you need, the Lord has. Amen? That is what worship is. And Jesus says, freely you received, freely give. And so do you want to know what worship is about at All Saints? It is freely receiving from God the Almighty through his Son, by the Spirit, who is an eternal waterfall filled with everything you and I need, and then he sends us into the world and we give it away. That's worship. The idea that we come and say, Lord, I, I think I got what you need this morning. Do you have some need? No, 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 no. No, friends. You glorify a waterfall by getting under the waterfall and opening your mouth and your life and all the parts dry places and soaking it in. That is what biblical worship is. I think I'm preaching. So along with that, we're worshipers first and then we're servants. Fresh songs are coming. 
when you get under the waterfall and God is visiting, then the Lord gives new songs, new songs of salvation. And so we've been calling that out. We've got Wallace and Catherine's sandwich group. And he's been telling me there's songs springing up in their group. We've got kids singing songs. We've got our worship team bringing songs because God is doing things. And so the people of God, when they see and experience that, they look to the scriptures, they look to what God's doing, and they declare through song what he's doing. And it's beautiful. And we're just getting started. Colt and Claire and their team know this, but we're going to have lots of songs pouring through this church to give away to other places. And we want them rooted in the word of God. A third thing here, we are a community of worship and formation. And I've already touched on this, but when the Lord visits in the good times, the tough times, we are all about formation. Having ourselves be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Look at Galatians 4.19. This is a Favorite verse around here, Galatians 4.19. This is Paul looking at the church at Galatia. Again, I just remind us, these are new churches, new church plants, early Christians. And he looks at the church there. And he says, at verse four, uh, Galatians 4.19, My little children, for whom I am again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So the Apostle Paul looked at the church and he said he f felt like those powerful maternal instincts, I want to see Christ formed in you. And I'll do everything that I can. And so we lift that from scripture and we say the overall aim of what we're doing here all coalesces and comes together. We want Christ formed in us. Let's say that together. Christ formed in us from the youngest to the oldest. And so we believe here, if you're a kid in the kids church ministry, we are praying and laboring and doing everything that we can to see Christ begin to be formed in you. When you're baptized in this church, we are saying you're on a lifelong journey now to have Christ formed in you, to have the fruits of the spirit grown in your life for you to be converted from a child of wrath, separated from God by your sin in need of the blood of Christ to forgive you and make you new and to transfer you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And then for the rest of your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and your cooperation, Christ is formed in you. Is there better news on the planet? I've got people around me that I'm just aching to see Christ formed in them. And then I look at myself and I say, I want Christ formed in me day in and day out. I already said I had a bad day yesterday. Man, I was complaining. I got a dog, but I didn't kick the dog, thankfully. But it was one of those days. I mean, it was like I was finding stuff. I was already in the dumps. And the Lord just at the end of the day was gracious. And then I woke up this morning and his mercy was new. And his loving kindness was new. And he's like, I'm going to form Christ in you today. And I said, thank you, Lord. You never give up. Praise the Lord. So we're going to end in just a second, but I want to make sure that right in the middle of what we're doing, we recognize that visitation always leads to transformation. When the Lord visits his people, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit transforms, right? He touches us. He goes to work in us, but it's all about his transforming presence. And then we also say character first and then gifting. What do you think I mean by that? We're a church where we talk about the character of Christ before gifting. Think about that for a moment. Truthfully, it's both of them, but we are leaning into Christ being formed in you so that you act and talk and work like Christ and then his power flows through you. Not the opposite. If you read 1 Corinthians 13, that well-known wedding text, it's really a call to formation. Paul says all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all the power of the Holy Spirit, if there's not love in your life displayed, then you are a noisy gong 
And so here at the church, at this church, we say we want Christ formed in us. We want to walk in the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit. But if there's not love, there's not the fruits of the Holy Spirit, then you're a windbag. You're a noisy gong, to put it the way that he says there. Lastly here, let's wrap up mission. We're a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. And friends, the greatest thing going in the whole world is the worldwide mission of Jesus in making disciples of all the nations. That's it. We don't have to come up with anything clever or catchy here at All Saints. What we're doing is derivative. We're not looking to be cool or trendy or relevant. We're looking to be biblical. We're looking to do the old stuff, the ancient, the teachings of Jesus and the apostles and his mission was abundantly clear. Look at Matthew 28, 17 to 20. Again, well-known passages for many of us here, but passages that we want imprinted on our minds and hearts. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. And I want to challenge you to read these verses with new eyes, to see what's in these passages that maybe you've not seen before. Maybe it hasn't leapt out and touched you in the way that the Lord wants to do. I'm actually going to read 16 to the end there. So Matthew 28, 16, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is, this is our mission, to make disciples here in this city, to make disciples in this region, to make disciples that the Lord allows us throughout this nation, through the nations of the world. That is what we are. We are a disciple-making church. We're not out for decisions. You know, how many decisions were made? That's good, but if it doesn't lead to, that's a disciple. Not just a hand going up saying, I'm, I'm gonna pray the prayer, and that's good. But does that lead to absolute life change? And friends, we are serious about this. Where the world might say, let's make it easy for people to come into the church. We don't want them to feel threatened or uncomfortable. We're doing the opposite. We're saying, we're doing the Bible, and we're saying, come and die. Come and die. That's what the world's waiting for. Young adults, am I right? You guys don't want to hear, hey, we're, come, we're just going to roll out the red carpet. We want you to be comfortable. We're not going to say anything that makes you nervous. No, no, no. We're saying, come, take up your cross. Follow the crucified Jesus and give your life away. He owns everything. That's our message, friend. We are on mission with the Lord Jesus. And I think he's doing something. He's brought this church through many trials and he has plans for us. And we're going to be faithful and we're going to live in the now. But we also sense that multiplication is coming. Thankfully, during COVID, he planted his first church in Guam. We've got a family from Guam here. And so we praise the Lord for that. But we know in the coming days, he's going to multiply what he's doing here. So why don't we stand, church? I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. And it's his mission. 
and we get to participate. Friends, the mission is unstoppable. We sang about it this morning. The day will come when it's mission accomplished 100%. We'll be with him. We're unstoppable people. And we make time every Sunday. We have space here to encounter God. I'm sensing something I want us to do. And so we're going to do two things at the same time. Colt talked about what chewing gum and walking last week. Can we chew gum and walk at the same time? So we're going to do normal ministry time. So if you have a physical need, you need breakthrough from the Lord, you're sick in your body, we want you to come up and get prayer. But I'm also sensing, I, I sense the Lord saying he wants to touch our intercessors this morning. What do I mean by that? I mean, someone whose life is touched by prayer and who's devoting themselves regularly to praying for the local church, to praying for the saints. So I'm gonna ask you to come up. Why don't, why don't we have our intercessors go ahead and come up and we're gonna do normal ministry time where you can come up and get prayer, but I'm also gonna ask the intercessors to make their way up here. So don't be shy, intercessors. And I'm gonna ask you to maybe have a line here and then people can get around you and make their way to these folks here. But I, I just wanna pray for our intercessors. Is that all right?